As always, Elliot Barn is joining me. Are two men that don't like long road trips, believe every game should be played at the city stadium, and that former kickers player for some reason play like prime Messi against us. Um, Matt Janair, how are you guys doing? It sucks, doesn't it? I know. Oh, why'd you have to remind me? That just what? that just hurt my soul. It just hurt my soul. Both goals. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I- I guess teams are like, you know what, let's sign former kickers players to beat the kickers because that's the only way we can beat them and that they'll score bangers only. <laughs> but that's the crazy thing. It's like never scored any bangers for us. I mean, he had the one, in, just put? The, the one like Shabashimer in Tucson. Yeah. 20. That was, yeah. I mean, it wasn't really but, like, I mean, it wasn't a, the occasion made it a special goal. Otherwise, there's just a. Standard corner kick goal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Olex might have had one. If I'm thinking. Olex has had, had pretty look. Sweet Pete. Remember yeah, yeah. that play? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> the way he yeah. got his name from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, don't know if we have. On that one, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, we, we got a lot to talk about. Not too much as the kickers are. Probably by the time this drops, are flying back across the country. They're probably somewhere in the Midwest by now. Um, a lot to talk about. Also, if you haven't heard the news, we've signed a player, um, pretty much traded international roster spot, which I did not know was a thing here in USL League One. Um, traded that spot to Noco. In return, we got Ethan Vandercourt Deckard. Um, if you want to know more about him and how he plays and things like that. Me and Matt did a little 10-minute podcast. It's the previous show before this one, so go back and listen to that one. But, guys, I think the best way how to talk about this game without frustration, um, let's kind of let's just start about the initial lineup itself, how that all came together, because that in itself wasn't too su- – well, it was surprising for many. Yeah, I don't know many, what you're talking about. It was surprising. I was yeah. shocked. Yeah, I think there are two, there are two noticeable uh, entries into that lineup. So one, you know, EVD going straight into the you know, team up on the left wing, uh, which therefore you know ties into Bologna's not being on the trip. Not great, yeah. you know, seeing how you know, he's been out before with injuries, and the team was meh during that time. Uh, and last two weeks, we uh, I wish we were meh during those games. Uh, and then, you know, saw Ani come back, but wasn't the way you know, necessarily exactly how you would have thought because Jalen wasn't there in the back line. So we got the uh, Ani Dakota back line instead. You know, so a couple surprises in my eyes. You know, with that, the rest of the team I think uh, was exactly what you would have expected you know, going into this game. Uh, ben, you know, maybe you got a question of Bentley or Gordon on the right, but I think Bentley's earned a spot. You know, for right now. Yeah, yeah, no. The, I, it goes you go. I was gonna say uh, the midfield three for me was. I, I was actually a little a little surprised that he picked that midfield three. That's a very balanced midfield three. 
with uh, Vignoles as more of the attacking type of midfielder, Brian more of the box-to-box, and of course, Zaka as the, you know, protect the back line, number six defensive midfielder. It, it gave that midfield, in terms of on paper, a very balanced look, which is something I was, I was expecting more of a defensive look, like maybe having either Bryant or Vignoles and two defensive midfielders, maybe Candela and, and, and Zaka or, or something more, a little more of a holding midfield type midfield three rather than a balanced one. But I mean, to be honest with you, I think it made sense to go with a balanced midfield to be able to go on the attack as well as defend, um, but just didn't work out. Yeah. Um, I kind of echo the same sentiment as y'all. I listened to the El Fuego podcast this past weekend. They were mentioning and talking about how their teams kind of just, they don't create a lot of chances. They're kind of looking for mistakes to create those opportunities, to create those scoring opportunities from. And they were really leaning and scared about Rich's ability to counterattack and score goals. So the lineup there had, you know, on paper makes sense. And you also – talked about um, during the B-Week presser about having multiple variations of lineups. You know, Matt, me and you talked about it last week about how we're probably going to see different variations of lineups. Now, I don't think any of us thought that EVD was going to get the start. We probably all thought, like, all right, if this game's drawn or maybe the kickers are down a goal, we'll see him come on maybe 30 minutes here just because it's his first week in the team, you know. And that that in itself showed – in the first what uh, <laughs> I put it at seventeen minutes because that's what paying the injury, and then everything after that you could just burn the tape. Um, this, the game that happened, but in the first seventeen minutes you could tell it was just. I think we learned a lot of things about how EVD plays. One, he likes to drop drop back a lot. He's not the kind of winger that wants to get it behind. He wants to come come more into the midfield, drop back a lot, get it get onto the ball, which isn't a bad thing. But you can kind of tell in certain moments there were communication issues between him and Vignoles. Um, there were moments where Tizagi was expecting him to drop in behind almost like Bolaños, but that didn't happen. Um, so I think that is going to take some tweaking to get used to. The other thing is with that Jalen playing, the Ani the, the Dakota center back pairing, I didn't mind as much. Because I think all three of them are, are – we've seen all three of them play really good at center back. Um, yeah, I, right, and the question there is, is this just a, hey, we're resting you for one of these three yeah. games, or is he out, you know, for injury reasons? And, you know, since injury report is, are, is a state secret at, you know, <laughs> within the you know, kicker's team, who knows? Yeah. It, it is a state, a state secret because I think at the team press, I asked uh, Belonging. So, so I see you walk by. I was like, How did he? Darren looked at me. He was like, He's good. He'll be back in two weeks. You know, he's all right. I was like, Darren, I'm not acting. I'm just trying to make sure he can walk fine. But no, that, that was the funny part. Um, yeah, but the lineup was fine. Let me ask you guys this like, the first, before before we talk about Payne, Payne's performance in this game. Um, let's kind of just look at the first 15 minutes because that's probably the most complete version of this game we probably got. What was you guys' thoughts? What are some things that you saw tendencies of play in those first 15, 16 minutes of the game? 
I don't think there's much to say about any of it, really. Uh, like you kind of mentioned, you, I think the only real different thing that we saw was you know, EVD dropping in you know, the midfield you know, a bit more. Uh, I, I don't know if it was just the camera angles that they were using, which uh, we can talk about how horrific you know the cameras were there, but I don't remember him being that big when he was playing for Omaha or Noco. Like he again, maybe it's the camera angles, but he looked like a giant out there in comparison to a lot <laughs> he of people. Did. Yeah. He did. Right? Yeah. I, I looked it up. He's listed at five eleven. That's yeah. You know, I mean, he's in better shape than I am. That's my size. You know, so yeah. <laughs> so something's off. You know, there. I, I don't. I don't know what it is. You know, but that was one thing that stuck out to me. I mean, otherwise, it looked like a typical, you know, slower starting kickers game. You know, where they're feeling everybody out. You know, maybe you get, you know, one look from one half look from distance or something. But you know, a lot more of a chess match early on. Yeah, it really seemed like a chess match. Seemed like Fuego was fine of sitting back and really just counterattacking us and giving us that space. When they got on the break, they got on the break. Um, I, one thing that we were talking about before the show started was really with Stephen Payne, man. I don't know what happened to him during this matchup, but he did not look like himself at all. And usually he's one of those guys that we're like, all right, we know you can put him in for a good performance. I, I feel like we all can agree with that. But yeah. that game against Fuego, man, and it wasn't even the two fouls that he had. We can talk about those in, in, in a little bit. But it just didn't seem like he was able to get grips of what the game plan was, or he just seemed out of his element. Yeah, I mean, usually he seems like one of the most locked-in guys on the field. And, I mean, he, he, he looked like a pod person, you know, or something out there. His body was there, but uh, didn't look like his brain was in Fresno. No. Definitely wasn't. Definitely wasn't. It was. It, it. He seemed lost at sea. Like he seemed just as it, like you said, basically just a body on the field. And normally he's he's a part of both attack and defense, and he's usually a big part of everything. And he's very dynamic. And I was just he was not himself yesterday. Yeah, no, not at all. And it just seemed it just seemed as if I don't know early on, but it seemed like Fuego recognized early on. With Diaz and Hornsby, like, hey, we could go at Payne, and we can combine on him, and we can frustrate frustrate him, and that's kind of what happened. <laughs> like, the first foul, I think we probably all agree. I don't, me personally, I don't think that's a yellow card. I think it's a foul, but I don't think it's a yellow. Yeah. The yeah. second one is a hundred percent a yellow card, but yeah, I, the first one I don't think is a yellow. Yeah, I mean, yellow seems a little harsh for that. Expect, I, I know if a foul's you know a foul in the first minute or the ninetieth minute, you know, it's supposed to be equally called. But especially for cards, like, is that a fourteenth, fifteenth minute card type of foul? No, no. Maybe maybe that's an eightieth yeah, that, minute that, card. That's usually a card you get. That's usually a foul where you would get a card if it's by accumulation, and by then you're not looking at accumulation yet. Right. No. Not at all. Or a foul where it's like, all right, it's a tactical foul. Like, oh, he's on on goal. I have to stop him. You know? And maybe, look, maybe Payne is just a bearer of bad luck in this game. Combined with the bad performance, the two yellow cards. I think they set a stat on the game, but I'm not sure if it's right or not, but I think it's our first ever red card in this league in the first half. I think 
I think that's what he said. I can't. Maybe. I mean, they, they were having fun pulling out all kinds of wacky stats there to fill yeah. time. Dude, they were. Yeah. <laughs> they were. Um, but I, I think the second play is more indicative of if you can look at that play, it's more of a microcosm of what went wrong in this game. Um, just because of the fact that Paige just truly just got beat on that play. And I I go back and look at it, and I'm like, he's in the right shape, like he's right there. Like, how did how did he get beat? And that, that that's the thing, like the way the way he goes into the tackle seems slower than he normally would. And it's like he was he was a half second behind. Even though he was in the right position, his lunge for the ball was a half second slower, and which led to foul rather than good tackle. And it which is weird, which goes into what we're talking about about he was just seemed not to be you know, I mean, most of the guys just seem not to be on it. They just seem not to be sharp. They weren't sharp. They weren't uh, attacking the ball the way they normally do. I mean, when we talk about the goals, we can go into that. But it, it was just – it seemed like they were a half step behind Fuego the entire game. See, my thing here with that second yellow card is – like, you know, you said absolutely a yellow card. You know, mm-hmm. but what's that guy doing, you know, after he beats Payne you know, down the sideline, you know, not a whole whole lot. Like, the team is back. You know, he had some, I think it was you know Bryant over there, you know, with him, mm-hmm. uh, if I remember correctly. And okay, maybe he's able to get a cross in, but you know, you, you trust your guys right there. You yeah. don't take a yellow when you just got a yellow three minutes beforehand. Like let him let him go and recover. Yeah. Like it just seemed like one of those games where. And we're gonna, we can definitely talk about this, but it just seemed like it's one of those moments where players are trying to do things outside of the system, and it's kind of like we are in class, and it's like you forget to study for a test, and you're like, "All right, bet I'm a winging to make it happen," and then you winging and fail the test. Like that's what it seemed <laughs> like this game was kind of just getting at with certain individual moments at, at certain plays. Um, I guess you also have to talk about it. The very first goal that happened. I don't know what it is about former kickers. When they play against Richmond, they decide all of a sudden, you know what? This is the day I'm going to try for the ball on door. And I'm going to play like a superstar. Because Victor Flack, don't get me wrong. We praised Victor Flack for two years. Loved the kid. Wished him all the best when he went to Fuego. But he never had a performance like this at Richmond. And, my God. The first goal, that just – it really made me go back and wonder, has Victor Flight been taking set pieces for them all year long, or was it just like, all right, we play in Richmond. You done played for Richmond. I'm pretty sure you took some set pieces against Akira, so you know where to put this ball at. We're just going to try to see what happens. And it worked because he put the ball literally in the only place where Akira probably could not save it. I mean, I don't think it's, it takes a genius to try to go, you know, upper corner over the wall or anything. <laughs> uh Feel like that's pretty standard fare, you know, for the most part. But I mean, that's one of those where it's like, okay, good goal. That sucks. You know, I mean, if you want to, you know, talk about why the foul happened, maybe you can get into that. But you know, sometimes it's a good goal, and yeah. you just write it off to, all right, good goal. Let's recover. Well, to back up to your yeah. point right there, why the foul happened is because 
I mean, we're going to be real. Let's talk about it. Like, Payne had a bad game. Payne got beat. Draw mm-hmm. the foul yeah, right there yeah. at the top of the box. And it was in prime position. Now, there's nothing else after that foul that Richmond can do to stop that goal. There's nothing. Like you said, Matt, it's a good goal. It happens. Sometimes you just get beat. You can't do anything about it. I think the point that I'm more frustrated with is the second goal that happened. Yeah. And I get there's a little bit of space because now you're down a man because this is after Payne gets set, set off. But still, like, one, someone has to close down the cross. Or, and two, I think the point that definitely me and Matt, you, me and you were both very frustrated with is Ani, Dakota, and Akira are all in the box, and they get beat by two Fuego players, but no, it looked like nobody called the ball at all. Like, no one was trying to go for it. It was just more so they're trying to box out. Yeah, it looked like yeah. everybody like took a half step towards it, but nobody committed fully yeah. you know, to it. And it seemed, I, I still don't know exactly what happened, you know, in there, but it almost looks like, you know, you know, Vic and whichever other Fuego guy it was ran into each other in the meantime. And somehow the ball still loops over Akira because he took a half step, you know, forward, you know, instead of either staying back or committing all the way. Yeah. It, it really just looked like on this play. And Chanel, I want to hear your opinion on this as well. It looked like Akira took a half step forward while Dakota, Nathan both took a half step back thinking that one of the two were going to either fully commit to it and clear it out the way. And since neither three of them did that, all three of them canceled each other out because here comes Victor Flag and I can't remember the other player, uh, it was the striker, kind of just combined together and put it, looped it over the back of the net, you know? Yeah. Uh, this one was confusing to me. Um, I, I don't know why nobody said. Uh, to be honest with you, in that situation, with the amount of bodies in the box, I'm not going to put too much on Akira because in that situation, it's up to the defenders to step in. He would have to maneuver through traffic to to, to go up and claim that. And you don't want a goalkeeper trying to maneuver through traffic to go up and claim a ball off of a corner or a, or a free kick you want when the goalkeeper comes out to claim the ball it's he's got a clear path to the ball he runs into that space yells keep everyone on your team backs off and lets him grab it but in that situation that was the that was the responsibility of the defenders to go in and get to that and because of the fact that both of them are basically saying you got it no you got it Akira kind of thinks, do I have to step into the space? And therefore steps off his line, putting himself in a position where he can't react to a shot on goal. It's like that weird moment in baseball where, like, this the center fielder or, like, the right or left mid, uh, fielder and, like, the second baseman all get caught and don't know where the ball is and the ball just falls in the middle of them. That's literally what happened. Basically, it's like you got it. No, you got it. You got it. I don't know who got it. You got it. I got it. No, I don't want to bump into and the ball in the back of the net. And it's just like, <laughs> like, what are we doing? Like, what is going? And I swear, I'm not even gonna lie. At that point, when it was two nothing, I was like, all right, I'm going to bed because yeah, I was already at that point. It was like eleven yeah. o'clock. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to bed. 
I was I I was sitting in my living room like that bed's looking real good right now. Yeah, um, but no. we were all big old dummies and stood up, stayed up anyway to watch till the bitter end. We did. Uh, we look, had we to do our homework. <laughs> loyalty equals stupidity. <laughs> uh, that's what we did. And I wanted to ask you guys one one thing. I you know, have in between the goals. Yeah. Uh, so after Payne got you know sent off, it looked like they played for about five minutes or so, and then you know, Darren subs in Simon uh, to play right back. He took off Emmy. What did y'all think about that? That just let me know that he he damage control. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or would you or you made a different change? Maybe is maybe the better question. I would. At first, I would have. At first, I would have took it off EVD because he just he just looked out of sorts. But I understand why you take Emmy off, kind of conserve him. Like he more or less gets an eighty minute break to be ready and prepare for NCFC, which you know is going to be another dogfight game going to go against Skeleton. Um. Yeah, at that point when you're down to man, it's kind of just like, all right, we got to take someone off. I'm glad he recognized like not to lead Ethan back there at fullback, um, because that would not have ended well. Um, and he mm-hmm. just kind of put Simon in there. And Simon did well. Um, no complaints out of him. Um, yeah, no, he had a good game. Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing we're going to see him right there uh, on Wednesday too. Yeah, yeah, we're going to see him. See him. Um, yeah, I think at that point, once you're down to man, you know, I mean, you had experience coaching, so you probably had this <clears throat> happen. But I'm assuming when you're down to man, the game plan kind of goes more or less out the window at that point, right? I mean, it, it depends on the personnel you have, but in in most situations, you just basically you you get solidified defensively and try and see if you can force the game to be played in the midfield. Um, a lot of coaches tend to be like, all right, just throw everyone back on defense, put 11 players behind the ball. But in my opinion, I feel that that invites more – or 10 players in this situation because you're down a man. But 10 players behind the ball, uh, you, you're, in a, you're putting yourself in a situation where you're inviting the pressure. And, and I, I know I talk about this a lot, but for me that is – that is the big no-no, and especially when you're going up against teams that can punish, it's basically like you're putting a drop of blood in the ocean for a shark. It, they smell the blood, and they're going to come for you. Um, so at the end of the day, those are the situations where you try and force the game to be played in the midfield. Try and make it a dogfight for them to get past that midfield section of the field to get into your third. Um and usually in that situation, maybe you can catch on the counter. Um, so you would want to keep pace up front. Uh, someone who you know isn't very good defensively. So he would just be that guy you have up there to, to maybe try and create something that could maybe get you back in the game um, and maybe knock the wind out of the sails of the other team. But uh, it, it just felt that when he took off um, Terzaghi, it just felt like, all right, you just, you just, you're literally throwing the towel in and saying, let's just do damage control um, in that situation. And I agree with you, Elliot. I think, I, I think EVD should have come off. I mean, you take off EVD, you keep uh, Terzaghi and Bentley up top, who are goal hungry players. 
and you put in someone, you put in someone like Simon to to cover that position that that Payne now has <clears> vacated <throat> because he got a red card. You yeah. you're still with a balanced ish team, even though you're a man down. You're still pretty balanced. Um, maybe you have to sacrifice your wit for that. Your attacking wit in in that situation because now you maybe have to have Terzaga and Bentley more centrally as two strikers but it, it at least gives you you know a, 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 it puts you in a position where you're not looking like you know if you were in like a medieval duel that you'd just hunker into the corner and hide behind your shield mm-hmm. yeah um i mean i don't I don't want to seem too harsh on Darren in this moment because, once again, when you go down a man and already you're down a goal, once again, the game plan kind of goes out the window because you can't open yourself be like, all right, you know what? We're going to stay in the same formation. We're going to be very attacking. And then you stretch yourself wide open against a fair goal team that likes to counterattack. And you can't go too defensive because, you know, you need a goal to kind of tie things up. And I think Darren did make the smart play of, like, they were trying to create things off of set pieces. Like, one of our, our goals, scored by Dakota, right – before halftime is scored up a set piece. Um, and it, I'm not going to lie at first, even with Dakota scoring, there was a moment where it was like, the ref is going to blow his whistle for like some weird ass foul in the box. <laughs> and it's not going to happen. I mean, if anything, he's going to blow a foul for, you know, should have been a penalty because it looks like Ani got completely trucked in the back. Ani got wiped out. I was he like, did. what is going on here? <laughs> Ani went. There was a moment where I think didn't Ollie touch the ball in this ball? Yeah, he did. I think there was like one more he touched the ball, and then the next thing I know, Ollie is down, facing the ground. Like, he got launched. It looked like he no, he got launched. I I don't know if the ref was playing advantage because I don't I don't know who ended up getting a touch on it, sending it back to the middle. Um, was that Vignal? I thought it was Ethan, but I could be wrong. Bryant, that is. It, it could have, yeah, it could have been. It could have been Bryant uh, who sends yeah, it back to the middle for. Yeah, for Dakota to pop it in. <laughs> no, I, it's a good finish by him. He gets his first goal um, for the club. So I mean, hey, not a bad finish by him either. Kind of in the sweet I, spot. I mean, to me, to me, that that goal was extremely frustrating because in that moment of that strike, you see Barnathan takes a touch and with composure in that much traffic with that much chaos, he just, it looks like he's on the training ground and just passing the ball into the goal. Like he did it with so much composure and it's like, okay, you have the composure. You guys have the composure. Like what's going on? Why can't, why can't we seem to put things together when uh, in, uh, especially in all of these road games, when you're showing, they show us bits and pieces of, the composure that they have with, with the confidence that they have. And then for the rest of the game, it's just everything's out the window. I'm going to put a pin in that mode so we can come back and talk about the role performance in there because I agree with you about some of the role performances. But let's really talk about this game and then we'll get to that point and talk about that because that's a whole segment in itself. <laughs> um, second half comes, oddly enough, Darren goes to a back five. He takes EVDs off. He brings on Chris Cole. Those I think it's like a what a five, two one. If I if my math is mathing right, if I'm no a five three one. There we go. It eventually come a five two one because we get another red card. But it starts off as that. Um, 
guys, once again, I'm going to be harsh. And I hate to be this way because I want to be nice to the players. But I I don't believe Ani had to go in for that tackle. I think Ani got too outside of himself in that moment. Like, granted, he beats the guy. And I think if he just kicks the ball off field, gets back on defense, you live to play another day. Like, you're not creating mm-hmm. anything from that moment. Right. Even if he wins that ball back there, where, where's, he, where's he going? Yeah, because you're not, already not, on the yeah, ground. Not really anywhere. Yeah, because yeah. think about it. If he slides and say he wins the ball, say there's no foul, you're already on the ground. And there's, I think it's two or three Fuego players behind you. They're collecting that ball, and now there's space and opportunity. You know? And you're on the ground. <laughs> yeah, you're on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Not on, on, yeah. on the touchline close to midfield when you're like the anchor center back. Right. Yeah. It's like one of those moments where you yell at a player to be like, no. And it actually means like, no, don't do that. Like, <laughs> And I, to me, I believe that's my overall frustration with this game. It's just like you had too many players doing things outside of the norm to either A, try to create something, B, try to stop a moment, or C, like not thinking about the next step, you know? Like not thinking about like if I do this, like th- let me take it back. Like just getting caught up in the moment, you know? Like, Ani just got caught up in a moment. And we all love how Ani played. Like, Ani isn't a force. Like, Ani is one of those guys, like, I truly believe he probably would have been a better hockey player. <laughs> like, because that's how Ani is. Like, Ani is going to fight you. But in that moment, dude, I don't need you to go out here. And I'm pretty sure I know if it won't there, we all know Mika probably told him, guys, don't go out here and do anything stupid. Like, don't go out here and do anything outside of yourselves because you know how this ref is going to call this game. You know? Yeah. Well, I, I it, in that moment, I don't know if we can say that he shouldn't have gone for the tackle. Because in that situation, if he doesn't go for the tackle, now his momentum is it's almost as bad as him going for the tackle if he doesn't. Because his momentum's taking him forward, the defender's getting the ball, and now they're attacking us. And he's way out of position. So where I think his mistake is, is a heavy... First of all, why are you coming out of the back on the wing? Like, I I clearly remember a few years back, um, I can't remember the game it was, uh, but I remember Yambi getting the ball in the back and just driving forward because he saw the space. He he wanted something to be created because I think we were down a goal or something. We were at home and down a goal. And he drove the ball forward, like, but straight down the middle. First off, Andy, what were you doing all the way wide? Secondly, why are you trying to beat a player wide? Thirdly, the touch after you beat the player was atrocious, and that's what led him to literally forced him to have to take that tackle, to, to have to go for that tackle, which ends up being a foul. So, so the thing is, Ani beats his man, which is fine. I got no problem with that. In but he ain't got no business game. being all the way out there, though. Well, because what he's doing is he's running away from goal with the ball because there, I don't think – also the camera doesn't show it. I don't think there's anyone out there that can kick a play that he could just kick it up to because I think everyone's, like, overloaded that – Left side of the field. I think Ani literally, if he just kicks that ball up forward, 
and being like, yo, it's a dead play. We just gonna kick it off forward and just resettle. It's fine. Up and you wide. Know, you know, just live to play another day. But he mm-hmm. just got caught in the moment. Yeah. That's what that's what it was. And once again, like we've all said, <clears throat> excuse me, like you put you put a call like that in the ref's hands. You know? Yeah. I, right. Especially with opinion, his foot clearly showing, you know, the studs on the yeah. way in. I, that's the part that got him. Yeah. Yeah, it was studs up. It was studs yeah. up, so. Even, uh, even though in that situation that there is very minimal contact, because I do think out of fear for his own fitness and health, that Fuego player actually jumped. Um, oh, he did. You know, 100% jumped. So there's great, minimal but... contact, but the fact that the studs are facing up. It's, yeah, it doesn't look wrap. good. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. look good. It is 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 one of those things. Like at the moment when it happened, I I said it wasn't a red. Matt, you said it was orange, which it probably was. It is probably a yellow card, but <clears throat> given the kind of foul it was and the way how this breath was already calling stuff on on us, it is it was going to be a red. Yeah, you can't you can't give them the opportunity to let something bad happen. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. That's, that's what you can't do. And that play, once again, kind of is, is what happened. Um, not to belabor that point anymore. I think now at this point, it's 9 to 11. And I know the third goal happened quickly, but even in the midst of all of that, it's still, oddly enough, felt as if, like, there's a chance Richard might create something here. You know? Uh, I think you- we got down there twice, and there's maybe like a half a chance. I don't know if you speak for everybody on this. Uh, oh, no, I don't. I clearly speak for me because, once again, loyalty equals to stupidity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I figured I there would be – go ahead. I was going to say that the, the chances were were very light chances, but I, I do have to commend them for not just saying, all right, well, let's just sit back and, and like I said before, hide behind our shield and take the wax. Um, there were, there were some, some elements of them trying to take the game to Fuego, even though we were two men down. And I, I, you know, you gotta, you gotta give them props for that. You know, Mm. you stand up and you keep fighting, you know? Yeah. And you're still going to get, you know, a half chance here, half chance there. That's just the nature of soccer. Like, even if you're down two men, even if you're a you know vastly inferior team against a world beater team, you're going to get a look here or there. So I wasn't necessarily surprised about that. I mean, not a lot of them. There may be a couple more quality looks than I you know, thought uh, would have come about, especially uh, you know around free kicks and everything. You're looking for a header or two, uh, but yeah, once it went to three to one, definitely you know seemed like to me it was just playing out the the minutes and then uh but if there's ever a situation for you know a Wayne to be able to thrive it was exactly there and I think that's why Darren brought him on then. Yeah. Um <clears throat> actually a three way stuff because he brought on Owain, Candela and O'Dwyer, right? Yeah, the uh the Irish twins. <laughs> the yeah. Irish Jamaican twins. <laughs> that that's sounds like Cancun almost. Um yeah he, he brings all three of them on. 
I, and I'll say this again, like I tweeted out yesterday. I commend the players that were on that field last night. Um, after every goal, I didn't see anyone drop their head. After the red cards, I didn't see anyone drop their head. He still gave effort, albeit fine. Um, so I, that's still surprising enough. And still surprising enough, like we were saying, like they still look like they were trying to compete, you know, because I'm pretty sure if we've all seen games or seen Sunday league games where, and this is probably why, you know, they play the Sunday league and not professional. But, like, after you get two red cards and you're down two goals, it can very much be like, all right, this game about to ramp up and it's about yeah. to be four, five, six and just kill momentum. But, and I think this is, if there's any positive point to take away this game outside of what I just said, I think the positive point to take away is not like Fuego took off their best players and brought on like bench players or like practice squad players and the score goes up. They brought on Be- um, Be- uh, Bijev, Chaney, probably the two best players, and only produced one goal from it. And when Chaney come on, they didn't score any other goals. Now, granted, they had opportunities, but we defended them well. And that's still, that's very positive to take away, if anything else, you know? Yeah, I mean, it w- yeah, it would have been easy for that game to become 6-1. Yeah. And, you know, they were able to you know, keep it a 3-1, if nothing else. Uh, I, the only thing that frustrated me the last little bit of the game uh, I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was Dakota took a, a long shot around the ground, and their keeper had the gall just to you know, be able to track with his foot. I'm like, come on, bro. You, you're going to play it like that? Yeah. Uh, so outside of the Greenville game, which I will admit, like, Greenville is just a better team than us right now at this moment. I'll admit that. This Fuego game feels – it feels incomplete. Because of the two red cards, you know, I just it just feels incomplete. Um, on that standpoint, um, not saying like Fuego didn't do a good job because Victor Flack he probably had one of the games of his career two goals and an assist, did very well, but it just you know, it kind of leaves a tired taste in them. Now, to there to bring up the point that you were talking about earlier, this team's role form, I don't know what it is. I don't we, we if anyone can figure it out, you will probably win a Nobel Peace Prize. But the kickers on the road, they're not the same team as they are at home. Like what is it? Like what is the fundamental problem? I I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, <laughs> the pitch is the pitch. And 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 Yes, there are different sizes, pitches, different dimensions, blah, blah, blah. The field, the field could feel a little different. Some have turf, some have synthetic turf, some have grass, some, you know, whatever. But I, I just feel that it's like all of a sudden they don't know how to play when they go away from home. Um, one thing that I do feel may be a factor is that after I'd say I I would say it's probably about three or four years now um the kickers now practice at City Stadium so literally they're practicing training and everything on the field they're going to be playing on before it was they were at UCROP Park um on 
either on synthetic turf or, or one of the grass fields out there. Mm -hmm. And that's where they would, that's where they would have practice. Um, but it could be an element of that field becomes so second nature to them because they literally train on that field that there's that comfort of that field that, that, that may have a, a, an element or the, just a comfort of being in that stadium because that's where you are day in and day out. While, you know, you're expected when you see a lot of teams, they're playing at home, they're playing in their home stadium. They didn't spend all week there. They spent all week at the training ground and they come to the stadium for the game. So it, it kind of gives it a little bit of a novelty, which makes it a little bit closer to playing away from home. Uh, which is something you don't do on a daily basis. So I'm, this is this is me just throwing something out there that might be a factor. I don't know, but um, I think we've been having this issue for a while now, uh, for quite a few years of the kickers just looking completely different away from home than they do at home. Yeah, yeah. All, Matt, all, I, all I can come up with is it has to be something you know with mentality, right? Because yeah. they don't even. Look like they you know, come out and you know, try to play the same way necessarily. Like at home, there's you know an aggression of you know really being able to look for those uh, you know, balls to Bolanos or Bentley or Gordon or whoever is out there, and feel like there's a lot more you know timidness, a lot more you know starting out you know on on the back foot, especially on the road. Uh, so I mean, all that, that's all I can you know come back to is it's got to be something you know with. The mentality that you know, maybe you know what the way that Darren and Meek are trying to go into the games, and you know, hear that, or if it's not their plan, you know, not you know, something's not connecting between what they're trying to you know tell the guys to do and what the guys are actually able to do on the on the road. But it's got to be some kind of mentality communication sort of issue because nothing else makes sense to me. Yeah, it, it doesn't, and <clears throat> the. Let me ask you guys this. Do you feel like it's a sense of trying to play it too safe in a row given the past of what happened? You know, like Maybe. almost like you've had big leads fall apart, we've got it blown out on the road. Let's be a little bit more conservative on the on the road versus at home. We could be the swashbuckling, hyper aggressive squad. But I would be I'd be fine in concept with being you know conservative on the road if this team you know, show that they had the ability to string together clean sheets, but they haven't really. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's also true. Um, real quick, so I pulled up this team's road performances um, over the years. So 2019, this was under um, our dear friend David Bulow. We went 4-2-8. and eight. 2020, that was the COVID year. We went 3-2-3, three, and three. so right around 500, decent. Last year, three, two, and nine. Um, and that's under Darren, those last two. This year, right now, we are two, one, and four, I believe. Make sure I'm correct on that. Um, let's see. Yep, two, one, and four so far on the road. In our last five road games, we have one win, one draw, three losses. So, and we were making this point beforehand, me and you, Matt, we were talking, like, if Richmond wants to show, like, A, they deserve a home playoff game, they want to be in the final, and all this other stuff that they've been talking about, like, these are the moments where it's going to have to show on the road. Because at home, we know what this team is. This team's second in the table on the road. 
everyone up and down in the league will tell you, like, City Stadium is a hard place to go into and win. It's hard to go there and win. But on the road, man, like, right now you sit ninth in the table. You know, seven games, you only got two wins, four losses, one draw. And your next, you know, this is a big part of the season. Your next five games, four of them are on the road. You go to North Carolina, you go to NOCO. Um, that ends on this road trip. At, and after we come, uh, after we play Tucson, you go back on the road to Greenville and then back to Central Valley Fuego. And those teams at home, Greenville's number one at home, <clears throat> NOCO's six at home, North Carolina's seventh at home, and Fuego is number nine at home in the league table based on home wins. I would say out of that, man, out of those four games, at the bare minimum, you got to come away with, what we say, Matt? Eight, did we say eight points? Uh, I think we said eight or nine you yeah, know, eight around or nine. there. Yeah, just to be able to have yeah. a like a baseline level. It's still not a great overall season thing because you'll still be, you know, one point per game on the road, which not great, but, you know, averaging a draw every game on the road, not the end of the world no, by any means. No. Uh, but, I mean, basically half the games left this season are, are away as well. And a lot of them are going to be against the teams that – we're going to be in a playoff battle for you know, mm-hmm. so you gotta you know show up outside of virginia right and the other thing too about it is matt like you you talked about as well too like the rest of the schedule well you only got four more games against teams at the bottom half of the table yeah the rest I of your games that. are yeah the rest of your games are against teams that are in the playoffs or right around the playoff line so risk we can really go in the span of what six weeks from second to eight like that yeah, exactly. if they don't get the act together mm-hmm. we're four points off of nine literally yeah um that that's 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 how close the table is and <clears> with <throat> the with the table being that close i mean you, you talk about the the bottom four can we really say a bottom four and with the way the league is going like you have to drop all the way to well there's a clear bottom yeah, exactly. That's a bottom one. Clearly out of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even North Carolina, who's who's in 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 tenth, uh, second to last, they're two points off of two points off of 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 a playoff spot with one game in hand, which which lets you know, like, it's, it's insane. You got Union, who's just outside the playoff spots with like what four games in hand on on Greenville, who's on top. Yeah. I'm not counting Omaha as a non-player. Yeah, I'm not counting Omaha. Omaha's going yeah, to be fine. They're in the playoffs because they are literally three to four games behind everyone else. But I would say this. The next two games are key because you got NOCO and you got NCFC. And those are two teams that the, the kickers can win the season series against. You can win the season series against them. Mm-hmm. And both of those teams is 9 and 10. Right now, if you look, if we just look based on form, both of these teams combined in their last five games have one win. Mm-hmm. You have three draws and six losses. Noko's coming. I mean, NCFs is coming to the worst form so far in the league with six with no wins in their last six games. If there's any chance, if there's any game you go to Raleigh and get a win, it's this one. On Wednesday, if there's any game, is this one on Wednesday? Did you go and get a win at? Um, it's going to be hard to do because essentially, I don't. 
think the young the red cards are gonna get overturned. So you're out with Payne and you're out with Audie. So that means Jalen and Simon, barring any injury. And I think that's another important thing to take away from this game is that there was no big injury because that would have definitely been the icing on the cake for me. And I probably would not have done this podcast this week and said, I'll see y'all after my anniversary. Um, <laughs> there was no big injury. And I think outside of that, I think there's any game to take advantage of NCFC and get a win. I think it's this one, you know? Yeah. And that, and the, the thing, the thing that, that does um, worry me is that you have a situation here where if Jalen had at least traveled with the team and maybe been on the bench and maybe could have come off the bench in this game, then you would have been like, all right, yeah, he's back into it. But it's been a while coming off an injury, and now he's going to be highly depended on first game back. You said Jalen is challenged. I didn't hear you. I'm all right. Uh, Jalen. He was playing last game. No, Barnathan was back there last game, wasn't he? Yeah, it was Barnathan and Jalen. Ani came on at halftime. Ani came on in the last few minutes. Oh, yes, he did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, at the end of the day, I, I'm looking for – Shinner just uh, threw uh, his whole point out the window. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, I just throw it out the window because <laughs> I, 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 I had things mixed up. But, um, but at the end of the day, I, I just want to see if we can make sure that, that – our back line can link up because I know that to a certain extent, especially with our fullbacks, it's literally been Payne and Richie consistently over the past couple of months because they have been, they have literally held down those positions. Now, Richie, of course, he's still in there, but now we're going to bring Simon in. Um, Simon has done well. He has done well. He has done well. He has done well. And which is why I'm not too worried about it, but how long has it been since he started a game um, with Kane um, literally? The last NCFC you know, game. Yeah. He's coming back again. I think Tormenta. But I, I, when he did play against NCFC, he did fine. Now, this is the thing about Simon is, Simon's going to play more defensive. He's not going to look to roam up and down the field. So whoever yeah, the winner that, is on one... that side that you pair with him, has to be able to at least be able to track back. I think it's – I think if Ethan – not Ethan. God, there's two Ethans on this team. If Darren wants to play this right, I think the back four should pretty much roll like this. You put Richie, um, Jalen, Dakota, Simon. You do a midfield parent, uh, a midfield trio of uh, Ethan, Brian, <laughs> Neil, Zaka. The front three, mm-hmm. I will put Bentley out on the left, Tazagi up top, EVD on the right. Because EVD will track back and when that also allow Brian to push up. But if it's say if NCFC wants to do this combo play out on the left side where they want to look to like kind of isolate a fullback, Simon's out there one on one, you at least know either one of the Ethan's gonna be back there. Both prefer, yeah. but it's a little bit more cover than having Bryant out on that side and Bryant's going to be further up looking to get it behind and stretch the defense. Yeah. I, my, my, what, what I'm a little concerned about is on a defensive side, 
that works. But we're going to need to win this game. We're going to need to win games now. We, we have two losses in a row on the road. We need to win a road game now in order to kind of get our momentum back swinging in our direction, in, in the direction we want. And I don't think you can do that with EVD and Simon because one of our biggest weapons, one of the biggest things that has really given other teams a headache has been pain overlapping whoever's on that side. And if we don't have someone who can really be a nuisance up that wing without pain being there, it's going to give us some trouble to, to create because the teams are now not going to have to worry about that and can solely focus, not, not solely, but more so focus on the other attacking threats, i.e. Terzaghi and Bologna. Bologna's so, not uh, going to be there. <laughs> you know, you get your whole game plan mixed up. I mean, uh, yeah. so for, I mean, for, whoever you have, I mean, even 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 if you have Bentley or if you have Gordon, that's that's just two guys that you need to worry about because EVD, if he's going to be kind of settling back in order to help uh, Simon out, that takes away from the attacking threat because he, I, I don't know if his mobility is as big as it would be if it, if he would be with the type of player who could get up the field threaten on the attack and track back to help I'm out not too worried about that yeah no yeah. I, don't, I don't think with Simon you're asking Simon to <clears throat> be like I need you to play like playing because Simon's not like playing he's a truly defensive fullback no no I know asking, he's not yeah but you're what, asking Simon to be like look you pretty much you're telling Stu Stu you got license to get up and down the field Right, you're yeah. flipping the field, basically. Yeah, flipping yeah. The, flip the field, basically. Yeah. But uh, can Stu give us what pain has yeah. been? Oh, yeah. On the oh, other yeah, side? 100%. Stu can give it to you, but Stu, like, Stu doesn't show it as much because normally when he's playing, who's a, who's on the other side of him? Pain. Yeah. And you know Pain's going to get up and down. Outside of Pain's one poor performance, you know? Yeah. Stu can do it because we've seen Stu do it in the U.S. Open Cup game. We've seen him do it against Tormenta. We've seen him do it against... Chad, like we've seen him do it. <clears throat> the only question mark about Stu was just defensively in moments of one on one, and he's he's shown a little bit of progress in that over the side. But I think in this game, you're pretty much saying like, when we attack, we're going to form a back three with Dakota, Jalen, and we're Simon. Just gonna, yeah, so just going to basically mirror everything, just flip everything That's to it. the other side. That's all okay. you're doing. Yeah. All that I'm saying is is that the real key part is that front three is. I would just move Bentley over to the left, or you put uh, or, or put Gordon there. And yeah, I would like Gordon. The field, and Gordon, you just yeah, tell whoever on the right, like, look, you're gonna have to play a little bit more defensively. Yeah, right? and that, I think that, EVD would suit that probably good. a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. for, right, for me, I mean, Gordon out there because we're almost certainly not gonna have Bolaños, and he's you know a guy who can you know, be able to play a lot more direct. Like you know, Bentley mm-hmm. has done really well out there. He's not necessarily the same kind of direct player that Gordon or Bolaños. Is and I think that you know having that dynamic element helps you know kind of shape you know the team that in a way that ends up being more effective you know, for us. You know, so I would probably go pick Gordon and then you know Bentley or EVD. I don't really care which one on the other yeah. side. Either one's fine. Either one. Yeah, whoever's yeah, whoever's more willing to 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 drop back. You know, to, to, to I wouldn't to even say more willing. It's just more about. 
do you prefer a winger that's more and a little bit better on one-on-one situation getting down the field that's a little bit more attacking and and Bentley? Or do you prefer one that's going to drop back more and can create a quote-unquote diamond in the midfield with EVD? It's just all about what you prefer in the moment. And at that point, it's kind of like you flip a coin and you just put one out there on the right side. The left side is going to be the more important part because that's where Richmond kind of gets that ability to stretch the field from, and it's probably going to be Gordon. Hmm. More than likely. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think the best thing to do with this game, and not with our podcast, is probably take the tape from this, watch the first 20 minutes, burn the rest of the tape. That's it. <laughs> watch me watch the first 15, skip ahead to stop time in the first half, and then don't bother with the rest. Yeah, that's it. There's nothing to learn in the second half. Absolutely yeah. nothing to learn. Um, so before we get out of here, Matt, I think it's time that we give you our – how do we do it for losses? Did we do our top three performers still? Yeah. yeah, we decided on that just to keep it consistent all year. So all right. it was something. I got mine ready if you all are. I, I need, I a, need a minute. I do. I, I um, got Yeah. See there, I you want to go first? I, I got mine ready. All right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to give my three points to Dakota. Um, again, doing a, a, a decent job at center back and then coming up with a lot of composure to score that goal. Um, I'm going to give two points to Ethan Bryant. He was very dynamic in this game. He, he, he popped up everywhere trying to create things and, and also helping out defensively. And I'm going to actually give the one point to Simon uh, coming on for Payne. Uh, com- well, coming on for Terzaghi to replace Payne. Um, he he did a good job on short notice, and he he actually held held his position down pretty well for the rest of the game. Yeah. So those are my three. <clears throat> um, for me, I'll give one point to, to Dakota because he scored a nice goal, nice little finish from him. And outside of the the moment on the second goal, he played really well back there, uh, center center back. Um, I'll give a, my two points to Simon. Like you said, Janair, he did a good job of filling in there fullback, and I feel comfortable back there going into this next week up ahead. And lastly, I'll give another point to Ethan. Um, played really well. <clears throat> he was getting double team in some moments, and I think he went the full 90 in this game, mm-hmm. which he hasn't done in a while. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, you guys came with the same three names that I did. Uh, at different order, I gave Ethan Bryant my three. I, I think he – put in a real good shift in the midfield without a lot of help, you know, around him, you know, he did a lot of thankless work, you know, just trying to hold the ball up for even a few seconds at a time, you know, doing a lot of running, uh, gave Dakota my two and gave Simon my one for this week. Yeah. Funny enough, Ethan Bryant created the most chances in this game with five and that's me playing yep. the game. Two minutes. Yep. Uh, like that might be a little generous on, what we're calling a chance because I can't think of five chances that we had in that game. Well, Bob said it, not me. <laughs> I, I knew where the, where the stat came from. I was saying it feels like it might be slightly generous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask you guys one last question before we wrap up out of here. Um, you know, Darren's been talking about this the last couple of weeks about how there's competition in the, in the team for his places and positions right now. 
Can you guys give me your top two positions that might be up for battle? Like, you know, you can flip on a coin somewhat. For me right now, I have the I would kind of put that right back up a spot. Depend on how, that really depends on how Simon plays his NCFC game. You have another great performance. That right back spot might be up for a battle. And I would say the center back position besides uh Jalen. Uh, I would say that's kind of up for battle as well. Kind of dependent between Dakota and Nathan. I mean, I would say the winger spots, especially with Bolaños out, I feel like oh, those yeah. are just, you know, ro- I mean, all season, especially the right wing, it's just been, you know, rotating, you know, musical chairs of, you know, who's hot, who's, you know, feeling it right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I feel like that's where all the competition is. Like, I don't think there's a lot of competition in the midfield because I don't think there's a lot of guys, you know, playing midfield positions on this team right now. Uh, Then, yeah, I don't – I think Simon's a good reserve. I don't think he's seriously threatening either of the fullback spots. So, if you want to say, like, competition for which of the three are playing the two in the center back positions, I I could be convinced. But I think the only real competition is the wingers. Yeah, probably. You're right. Yeah, that winger. That right winger spot, yo, I don't know what it is. I think the yeah, last that, person that, right that right winger spot locked down was Amora. Outside of that, yo, we yeah. had a right winger. Uda was not nope. a winger. He was not fast enough to be a winger. Well, what did you Uda play what, more mid? Yeah, he's just a, he's more like a camp. Mid. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking about him being a wrestler. But I've, for the longest, yo, we have not had a consistent right winger. Um, Shanae, what about you, man? Yeah, I, I would say the same thing. The two wing positions, especially that right wing. Uh, because I think that left wing is held down by Bolaños when he's healthy. Um, he, he's got that 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 left wing position down packed. That right wing position, and now you're bringing in uh, EVD into the mix. I think that right wing position is a decision between EVD and Bentley because I think Gordon is basically Bolaños' second. I think he does better on that left side. Um, he, he I'm glad you're finally better. starting to see the sunlight. <laughs> yeah, he, he he does better on that left side, but he's he's literally is Bolaños' second. I mean, especially with the performances Bolaños has been putting in over the last few games that he's played. My goodness, that if anyone if if Darren puts anyone in that position over Bolaños, if Bolaños is healthy, it, it, it something's wrong. Yeah. But um, to t- talking about the fullback spots, I, I don't know if Simon can really challenge because he, he's a great defensive fullback. But then you ask, have to ask yourself, which fullback would you want going forward, Richie or Payne? Wh- which one would you, would you prefer overlapping? And in my opinion, Payne is better at overlapping. So you would want Richie sitting home. And if you want Richie sitting home, you're not going to put on Simon uh, on the other side instead of yeah, pain because pain is more of the it's the better attacking fullback yeah that's true yeah well that's true i'll take that um guys <laughs> another great job another great job in the podcast listener uh we just say thank you we know it was a frustrating game it's been a frustrating two games but don't worry the kick is going to be back on track we're going to be fine enjoy it um the shows next week might be a little funky just because we got midweek games, so we'll try to figure out the schedule and let you guys know ahead of time how we're going to record. Um, but outside of that, keep a lookout for the website. Um, Matt has a good article dropping out again for his top 30 list. We got articles coming up with feature players that are coming up. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a great time. And then we're the dog days of summer. 
So, yeah. guys, with that being said, for Matt, Shanair, I'm Elliot. We will holler at you guys next time. Remember, as always, you can follow us on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram, wherever. At River City 93. Hug you guys later. Oh, my God.